things and welcome to today's show today's topic is decide that you are worthy so today we have with us Daryl Barnes and Daryl actually was one of my very first mentees he actually I think was my first mentee and he was 13 when I met him um, Daryl currently is an actor he is an entrepreneur. He actually has a business where he provides housing for people with mental health issues. He also is a rehabilitation counselor as well as a mentor for children. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your acting and what things we might can see you in. Um, recently, we're acting. I've been acting for almost over a year now. Um, and I think me starting off was one of those things. I never thought about it, um, but I recently took a class for it and decided to, hey, why not? Um, a lot of people try many things. Let me just try the acting thing. Um, took a class, um, almost a year class. Um, once I graduated, my teacher was like, Daryl, you should try this out. Um, it was a vampire movie. I played a vampire. And um, I went to a call read, did a couple of cold reads, and they called me back. I was like, wow. So from from that moment, um, you know, you, you get a little com confident, um, like, I can do it. And then from there, i just been taking on things, mm -hmm. um, not even second-guessing it. Okay. Well, that's amazing. So um, I know you say you just, you never thought of acting. You just took a class. Like, how does that happen? What made you take that class? Um, well, a couple of years back, um, I did some, um, some modeling, some kind of print modeling. And at that moment, it had to be like 2014. Um, it didn't really go anywhere. Um, so I threw it on the shelf, continued to grind. And then I was able to get another opportunity to do it. Um, I took a class on DC. And from there, it kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've noticed about your acting career, a lot of times you go to audition for one part, but you come back with another part. Yeah, I've, um, it's been a two, two occasions um, I went there as a bar extra and wind up being a husband so um in, in situations like that i just run with it i mean you just never know mm -hmm. you just never know mm -hmm. so do you think that's common does that happen a lot or why do you think that happens to you um i think just just having good energy and just being in the right moment mm -hmm. um, things happen so never second guess because you know a lot of people um being in the movie industry they say they don't want to be an extra or they don't want to do this. If it ain't no speaking role, they don't want to do it. But at the end of the day, I've seen many shows, and all today's stars, they was extras. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, for instance, the guy of Power, um, he was an extra on Fresh Prince. Okay. When Fresh Prince worked in um, the college. Mm -hmm. He was in the background eating <laughs> right. at a table. So you just never know. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody have their turn. Mm -hmm. So what are some other movies or shows we can see you in? Um, I'm in a web series now called Out of Bounds. It's on YouTube. Um, that project is based out of um, Baltimore, a lot of stories that took place within the city. Um, another one is called Sex Tea Ladies um, that took place in Brooklyn. Um, and I've been doing a lot of feature extra work also. Um, so like I said, it's only been a year. Um, pretty confident about it. Um, it's just one of those things that you just, um, you can never give up on. Um, I think in this industry, you got to have a tough skin. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a, one of those ones that's, um, that fear rejection. Mm -hmm. uh, we know all about rejection, so it's a matter of just keep going no matter what. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I really I want to go back to when you were thirteen. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and um, because I have had the privilege of witnessing you blossom probably in ways that you might not even really realize because you're living it day to day. But by me getting to see snapshots of you over the years, like I'm always amazed at you know how big your wings have gotten. And I actually, I remember you asking me one time, you was like, can you help me paint the colors on my wings? Oh, yeah. Do you remember something? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought that was like a very intriguing question. I was like, hmm, that's, that's something good. Yeah. But let's go back to when you were 13. Um, from your perspective, what reason do you think I came into your life? Um, at the age of 13, um, you know, in a kid's mind, um, they go through a lot of things, just trying to figure out who they are. Um, they may be having issues at home, um, single parent mother. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot that plays in a 13-year-old kid head. Um, so I think by you guys stepping in, um, it was kind of able to kind of navigate me um, on a path. Because uh, I think at that age, I was kind of like bouncing from here to there. Um, not knowing um, the stuff I was getting myself into. Uh, so by you guys stepping in, um, kind of helped me. And I think you've, you've, always, you've always been there for me, um, right or wrong. <laughs> I can always call our vet, um, same address, same phone number. <laughs> um, you've just always been there, and, um, and I'm grateful for you. Um, and I think... Even in the, the darkest times of my life, you always just tell me the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And I said, like, what, what she mean by that the best is yet to come? Because I couldn't see it at the moment. Um, but I think you knew um, I had potential to be whatever I wanted to be. Um, but I think at that time in my life, I just, you know, we, we hard-headed. We young. Um, we think we know everything. But I think, you know what I mean, it, everything worked out. Um, the prayers, the energy you sent me. Um, and they got at me, so and I'm here and I'm back. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but yeah. thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. It was totally my pleasure. Um, but in terms of, um, I guess, like, how did you feel about yourself as a young person? Um, as a young person, um, well. I'm, I'm originally from Petersburg, Virginia, so growing up there, um, I think it's a little smaller than Richmond, um, so a lot of times, a lot of inner city kids, um, we, we tend to get, we get, we, we lost, we get lost, um, I will admit that, um, a lot of our parents, um, single mother parents, um, struggling, and I think the only thing we really had was athletics, mm -hmm. um, so everybody wanted to be like Jordan, everybody wanted to be, you know what I mean, Bo Jackson, any football player or any athlete at that time. Um, but the reality sinks in is like some of our dreams, you know what I mean, deflated early. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we only know what we know. Mm -hmm. We only know what we taught. And I think, um, and that tends to lead a lot of people going on the wrong path. And, um, and just me at being at the age of 13, I think I saw a lot. I saw a lot um, from my family members, you know what I mean, people in the streets, a lot of stuff. So we 
we don't think that molds a kid um, outlook on life. I don't think we realize that. And so we, we see and we think that's our reality. But a lot of times that's not the case. Um, I think if a person is taught um, just, just to strive, not even none on no being able to accomplish things, but just giving that person an inner spark um, or being that ear for a person. And I think a lot of times uh, we grew up with no guidance. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we get lost without no guidance. Mm-hmm. So you said something about um, having seen a lot and just learning from what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as a young person, you would always say to me, um, I know I'm going to jail. There's no need in me trying yeah. because all the men in my family go to jail. Yeah. So is there anything? Um, and I think at that age, um, at that age, um, like I, I love all my uncles. Um, well, four of my uncles, one of my uncles I never got to meet. Um, but just seeing them um, with their struggling, um, they, they wanted a better life. So I guess um, the roles that they took um, is what I saw. And I thought that was the right thing to do also. Um, granted, some of them led to incarceration, um, drug use, things of that nature. Um, so that that came pretty much came out of reality. That that's how the real world works. Mm-hmm. Um, but as growing up and continue to follow down those those paths, it was a reality check for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, at the age of nineteen, I got locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do four years, and so in that time, um, a lot of stuff that I thought was real and it really wasn't. Um, it's one of those things that. It's kind of like, um, what's the word for it? I don't want to say it's a trap, but it's kind of like one of the things, if, if you don't know better, that, that's, that's where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think um, everybody is just so caught up with their own life at the moment. Uh, we're not able to reach back and help somebody else out. Mm-hmm. So, and I think. Me at the present point of my life now, that's why I'm at, mm-hmm. reaching back and helping people. Because I know what it's like um, to be at 13 or 10 and 15 without having somebody to talk to. So, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, at what point did you make the shift from this is all there is, this is my reality, and then some kind of way? You just moved into this space of creating a life that you. Um, but I think I, I, I had to heal. Um, I think that was one of the things. Um, I love my parents, um, my mom and my dad. Um, but I think, um, especially my mom. I love my mom. She did the best she could to raise me, and I, and I'm thankful for that. But I watched her struggle, um, being a single parent and seeing her frustration, the things she had to go through. Um, and my dad, I never, I didn't recently meet my dad until I was 33. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I mean, he had his issues, um, his shortcomings. But at the end of the day, once I saw him, I think a part of me kind of like, all right, well, he, he's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I just wanted to meet him just to see what he was. Um, and I think, I, I honestly, I believe I got everything from my mom. <laughs> my mom, she, she's a strong person. And, um, and I know that's inside of me. 
So you think um, the healing is what helped you to shift into um, being able to wear those butterfly wings so beautifully. Yeah, the healing um, and also when I first, once, once I was able to get out, um, once I got out of prison, I had five years of probation. And so from that time, I was like, I can't go back. <laughs> I got six years over my head. If I violate anything, I got to do six years. And so from that point, you know, the, the stereotype, once you get out, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to get a good job. Um, but I was determined. I had fast food restaurant jobs, two or three of them, just to try to make ends meet. Uh, but one day, um, I was able to doing commercial cleaning, and a guy, his wife, she owned um, a healthcare clinic. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, we, we became cool. Um, every day at work, I stopped by his office, we talked a little bit. And he was like, you ever thought about um, what you want to be in life, or what kind of job you want? So, you know, my mindset at that time was like, all I know was working in a warehouse, um, doing something quick, fast money and whatnot. And he was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get you a job. Um, wife being an outreach worker um, and I think from that moment I started to shift mm-hmm. because if you would have saw my face <laughs> back in um, 07, 08 working at KFC a piece of I used to be pissed because I knew my worth mm-hmm. and being behind this counter wasn't going to cut it from me mm-hmm. not forever because you know I mean I, I don't knock nobody um, some people been there for years 15 years how can you be here for 15 years that ain't me, you know what I mean? So I'm doing whatever I can uh, to make this situation work. Um, and once I became an outreach worker, I started helping people, helping people. So I'm like, this must be my purpose, you know what I mean? Because I'm helping people, helping people get insurance, helping people with their kids, things of that nature. And so working with younger youth also, it kind of healed me a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and so when I met my father, I was like, I am kind of good. I think I'm good now. So by me working with other people, that kind of like painted my wings a little bit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that I needed. Um, and so I think just when, when you go through stuff, um, certain things, just you, you can you can find the most joyous stuff just helping people. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that about myself. I could be having a bad day, but if a client said, Mr. Darrell, I got a job. I'm like, what? <laughs> like my whole demeanor just changed so I'm happy for him. And I think um, a lot of stuff I internalize a lot. I mean, I say a lot. Um, but I have this I have this keen thing about me that I just it's, it's an understanding um, some people have it some people don't but I just know deep down inside that it's meant for me whatever is meant for me is meant for me um, and I keep striving for it I know it's coming I just gotta take my time with it mm-hmm. so um I always felt like you had this extra sense about you mm-hmm. ever since I've ever known you. There was this extra dimension that you seem to be able to tap into. Are you familiar with that? Are you aware of that? Um, I did. And so a lot of times, I remember the first time you bought me this book um, called The Seven Principles of Success. Seven Spiritual Laws. Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Um, you gave me that book a long time ago. I had it three or four times, lost it, <laughs> bought another one. Um, but I remember reading that book and just being able to just, um, just blocking out whatever was going on in your head at that moment and just visualize what the words were saying. Um, and I think now in my current life, 
I still have it, but it's a lot of, because when you're dealing with people, um, you're internalizing their energy. And I think when you're in, a, um, especially like in Baltimore City where I live, um, it's, 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 Baltimore City is rough. <laughs> it's a rough city. Um, but it's good people there. And I think sometimes that energy may get blocked with so much going on. And so it may be times where I may decide to take a walk, go down to the harbor, because uh, you have to clear your head. Mm-hmm. And I think um, results only come from clearing your head. So you mentioned that when you were working at the restaurant, you knew that you were more worthy than that or that you had more worth than that. So talk mm-hmm. to us about that. Um, Cause you know, at, at, at when you're at your lowest point in life, um, people um, people really don't see the potential in you. Mm-hmm. Um, all they see is the failure. Um, they see the issue at hand, but they don't see the potential that you may possess. And I think at those moments, um, working there, I knew that wasn't me. I, I knew that wasn't an end for me. Um, but like I said, I've been, I was around people that been working there 15 years, 20 years, and I'm just like, nah, that's not going to be me. I don't want to die like that um, or be in a situation where I can't do better. Um, but once I, I always knew myself worth. Um, I just never applied myself. I applied it to the wrong things. Um, and I think once I was able to sit down and and just be in a clear space to get my mind right, um, things started happening for me. Um, I think by stepping out there and not knowing um, what the results may may come with those choices that I made um, made me realize that I can do things um, that I never saw myself doing before. So you said also that in order to get what you need, you have to have that clear mind. And yeah. if you don't, then things will be blocked. So Yeah, and I think um, one, of, one, of the biggest, um, one of the biggest things I had to do was um, I had to change the lifestyle also, too. Um, I had to stop smoking. I had to smoke real heavy marijuana. Um, and from that point those thoughts and the patterns that I was doing, um, I was no longer with that same energy and that mm-hmm. same space. Um, I was able to think more clear, being able to focus, um, and just being in a good space. Because uh, I think at the time, that's kind of where I derail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people say, um, no, marijuana does different things for different folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with me, it wasn't a good balance <laughs> with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once once uh, once I knew my worth, um, I started. Um, yeah, I mean, it, well, once you know your worth, a lot of things start changing. Um, your appearance, um, just how you talk, um, your attitude, um, and just being able to to want more. I mean, wanting just being able to want things, and not being able to let people define you. I think that's 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 clear, um, a clear note of being worthy of. Um, and once you start being worthy of yourself, other people see it in you also. Because I think a lot of times when you're stagnant in your thoughts, um, 
people can tell. People can sense um, something going on with them or they're not in their right frame of mind. Um, but once you um, figure out your worth, you start exuding when people want to be around you, people uh, want your input on things. Um, people value your opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so um, thank you for this because to me, you are the prime example of someone who had a certain belief system, a certain thought system, mm-hmm. and that's what you created. And then as you changed your belief system, you created a new set of things. Right. And as, as I watch you continue to change and your, your thinking changes and you just continue to grow and excel. And so I thought you'd be the perfect person <laughs> to come on the show just really to be like a model, so to speak. Um, so you say your modeling career didn't really take <laughs> off, but right. you really are right. a, a model, right. and um, it's it's just a, it's a pleasure for me to watch right. <laughs> to watch. And so, but in in a nutshell, what you have said is um, it's important to have good energy, right. and that you have taken the time, you spent the time. You, you took time to be quiet and to think and to reprocess and to refocus and Mm -hmm. all that stuff in order to make your energy good. And when your energy was good, then you were able to pull in other good things to you. So, any closing remarks? Um, um, I know I I tell people, Try just try to eliminate the excuses, um, and just just get it done. Um, I think a lot of times the fear, when we fear things, we tend to make excuses out of it. Um, just just get over it, man. I mean, we only got one life, <laughs> um, and I always whenever I'm going through something, I just think about Nike. Just do it. Just do it and do it and get it over with. I mean, because at the end of the day. Um, this, this life is, is weird. We just never know how things may turn out for us. Um, and I was always taught, um, no matter they say, no matter the rain, still keep dancing. Um, and those that's already on the floor dancing will get the opportunity. So if you're sitting <laughs> down, you know what I mean, you complaining about your situation, it only gets worse. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just go ahead out there and dance, get it over with. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Um, we have so many things that we could possibly talk about. So um, hopefully I can get you to come back on the okay. show and talk about some more things. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with our guest today, Daryl Barnes. And make sure, if you haven't already done so, <laughs> that you get the free gift from arvetmclean.com, A-R-V-A-T-M-C-C-L-A-I-N-E-E.com. Until next time, bye.